A man sat in prison alone. It's dark, smelly, cold, and lonely. The guards are abusive physically and verbally. But the real warfare is within his mind, as he's trying to understand why God has left him in prison to die. He was John the Baptist, filled with the Holy Ghost since conception. He spent his whole life preaching of the coming Messiah, preparing the way. But the Messiah, who he preached about, thereby fulfilling his mission, seemed to have left him to rot. John, therefore, sent his disciples to Jesus to ascertain if he really was the Messiah, for in his heart, John was disappointed with God. Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of The Paradigm Switch, where we discuss modern-day problems for modern-day Christians. By sharing our personal triumphs and struggles in our faith walk, we hope to offer encouragement for you to continue yours. The Bible says we are new creatures in Christ, but in order to be different, we first have to think different. We hope you enjoy the episode. Welcome, Paradigmers. You are listening to The Paradigm Switch. We are the number one Christian podcast on earth and heaven's favorite podcasters. We're here to encourage a heavenly family in Christ to renew their minds and think right side up. We encourage you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, like, follow, and share, and subscribe to us. We're on all the podcast listening platforms out there, iHeartRadio, um, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. We're, we're out there, folks. So make sure you subscribe so you can get the quickest notification that we have dropped a new episode. And then follow us on our social media platforms so you can get latest news and updates that's going on with us. Now, I'm one of the co-hosts, Avon. I'm here with my co-host, Alex. Hello, everybody. And we are here to discuss something that I think is very important um, within the Christian life. Um, is essentially how to handle disappointments. And because I think there might be a time in our lives that we, you know, hope for something. I mean, it's a natural human experience that you hope for something and then it doesn't turn out the way you see or the way you hope for, the way you thought it would, and then you're disappointed. And this is something to specifically talk about for Christians because, you know, now as a Christian, I think there becomes the delusion that we think that everything is going to be perfect that now that we have God in our lives, that everything should be crystal clear and there should be rainbows and sunshines all the time. But I'm telling you now, as walking as a Christian, it's not always sunshines and rainbows. Sometimes there are some dark days, there are some valleys, and we need to discuss how to come back from disappointments. And so the goal of our discussion today, how as Christians to handle disappointing situations, especially not to fall into the temptation of blaming God. That's important. Yes, because yes, I think... An important topic. I think... When we have those disappointments as Christians, we first, at least for me, when I have those disappointing moments, my first person to blame, sadly, is God. I don't know if you've experienced that. Um, no, I, I, when I get disappointed, like, like I'm at a point where my life where I think, you know, very limited things about what I expect from God in, in this life, right? So when bad things happen, I chalk that up to sin being in the world, and I don't. I don't blame God. I mean, I'm disappointed with the outcome, and I, I wish that God had allowed something else to happen, but I don't blame him for the disappointment because ultimately, you know, either my expectations were not in alignment with his view or there was some sin that spilled over. And while it is unfortunate that that sin was allowed to have its way, uh, that's not God's fault. Uh, that is the result of free will of men and the architecture of the devil. Okay. And so those are the people I blame. When so, 
I think you and I, we kind of are opposite balances sometimes, you know, with like our pro stuff, you know, I tend to be more optimistic about things and like dream big and hope for big. And I'm more realistic. Yeah. I wasn't gonna say you're a pessimistic, but I was saying I used to be, but I think I've gotten better. We have moved you to be more realistic. I'm more realistic. I, I, well, it's more to say I become more optimistic Mm -hmm. than I was. I've always. I have always been very optimistic and dream big. Dream big, have faith big. We used to have these conversations in college when I was, I I was fresh, fresh from a very disappointing situation, had just come to know God. I was much more prone to the, the realistic view, as I would call it, even would call it the pessimistic view. Uh, So we would go back and forth. I do think though that I have become better about this. You have become. You have gotten better about this. So. I'm referencing this. This came to me because you know I think about John the Baptist a lot, and I think he is a very inspirational person in having on the topic of how to deal with disappointments and when you're feeling those disappointing moments. And referencing to our opening um, dialogue about John being a prison, that comes from Luke seven and eighteen, when John is in prison because he spoke. What was it? The King Herod at the time, and he said, "Yeah, called him out on his adultery." Exactly, and then he got put in prison. And let's kind of put the in framework john the baptist he was this he was the messenger from god of whom prophecies after prophecies were talked about about he would announce the coming of the lord so he's the one of having you know in scriptures this prophecies that he's going to come to talk about the messiah and i mean he came with full um diligence and he worked hard i mean they said he was out in the wilderness you know preaching the gospel baptizing people you know saying the messiah is coming the messiah is coming and he was working hard and you would think someone of this high standard that jesus himself said there's no greater prophet than john the baptist he ends up in jail and then he got his head chopped off I, i mean to me that's like an unexpected like ending it I mean, is. It, is. it is. Yeah, it is. And, and it's certainly not the one he was hoping for. Exactly. And let's not forget, John the Baptist and Jesus are cousins. Yes, they are. And so definitely, if I'm cousins with the Messiah, I am expecting him to come through and rescue me in this situation. Jesus but never what, came. Well, and I would say your view of, or that view of rescuing may not be the same uh, version of rescuing, that, or view of rescuing that God has and that I have, because... Uh, you know, ultimately, when some, uh, when a believer dies, they're going to a better place. That is the rescue. Mm-hmm. It just is not maybe the rescue you were envisioning. Exactly, a, a worldly one like freedom from prison to go outside, and instead, John gets freedom from the horrible ills of this life, mm-hmm. and he gets everlasting life as a result. So it is all about the view. Yeah, what, what your perspective. Perspective, right. So let's put, throw out some definitions like we always do. Um, what does it mean to be disappointed? And the definition is depressed or discouraged by the failure of one's hope or expectations. And today, specifically, I want to tackle those emotions of when you feel as though God has disappointed you and how did you handle those emotions. So you said you've never experienced that feeling of that God has disappointed you. Um, not since I became a believer, no, not really. When I was not really, when I was like a pseudo-believer growing up, I was quite disappointed that God chose not to heal my grandmother from this absolutely horrible neurodegenerative disease that turned her into a vegetable, essentially. And I struggled with that for many years, um, because and it wasn't like it was quick, right? It was like, so we would pray, heal her, heal her, please heal her. 
and even if that healing meant oh she passes away you know it, it, it that's to me something to be celebrated as a believer because you're going to be in a better place you're not going to be in this broken body but instead she was ill for a decade mm -hmm. and it got worse and worse and worse and worse and worse yeah time goes on. i can't this this event really it's it colored me towards that that pessimistic view for a very long time it was a very significant thing that happened in, in my life my family's lives um and i think a lot of people have these kind of disappointing moments now you know yeah. as i have spoken about in i'm i'm a pastor's kid so i've seen a lot of people come through and i've heard a lot of um, things about people I've seen and heard about people becoming discouraged or disappointed in God because he didn't give them that job they were hoping for, that promotion they were hoping for. Like you said, they've had loved ones passed away through a horrible um, sickness or disease going on. Um, they've had some other tragedy go on. Their marriage fell apart or whatever. Their kid went down the like bad path, all, whatever it is. I've seen a lot of people become disappointed but this is the thing, the reason why I, I really felt touched that we needed to talk about this is it's hard to have faith in God if you feel he has let you down. You know, the and, Bible, yeah, hence the disillusionment in God. Yeah, because, you know, the Bible talks about that to receive anything from God, we have to have faith. And it's, it's interesting, you know, as I thought about this in preparing for this episode, it's hard to, how do you have faith in someone in your heart you've buried disappointment or even anger towards him because you feel as though he let you down? So how are you going to rely on him to take care of your needs or take care of your problems in your heart? You're holding on to an incident that happened 10 years ago that you haven't settled and you feel as though he's disappointed you and let you down. Those are, that's, that's a good question. No, I, that's a very good question. And we should talk about that. Yes. So I think going based off the definition, you know, the definition says a failure in one's expectations. And so it made me think about it. What am I truly expecting from God? And maybe really think about it. What what expectations am I really putting on God or what at what standards am I putting on God? And I'm gonna let you go first. What are your standards or what are your expectations for God? I this is a very difficult question for believers to grapple with. Because, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of, like, scripture that shows God promising the Israelites things that's like Old Testament. So it can be kind of hard to, you know, think that those same things apply in today's world. Um, so for me, what do I expect from God? Uh, I don't think quite as much as you might have. I, I expect that God is going to be with us no matter the situation because he does promise that to us. He, Jesus promises he'll be with us to the end of the age. Mm -hmm. So I, I do expect, you know, God is always going to be there to hear us when we are crying out and, and he'll be walking with us you know, as long as we walk with him. Um, I also expect that should we choose to believe in him and repent, we will be at his side for eternity. As uh, Jesus says, he came into mm -hmm. the world and that whoever believes in him will not perish but give everlasting life. That is a promise from God. Uh, and I mean, I do think God has good plans for people. And I, I expect, you know, that he is ultimately going to have his way. He is going to triumph in the end, as he says he will. Uh, I do not, however, expect that believers are going to have it easy on this earth. This is called the prosperity gospel. Like, oh, we're going to be rich and prosperous and bad things are not going to happen. No, that's a fallacy. We have only to see, you know, Peter and Paul and all the other disciples, what their fates were. Mm -hmm. There was martyrdom in the end. We see uh, believers today, as we talked about a couple weeks ago, 
the martyrdom, the suffering that is going on. It's not a cakewalk uh, to, to be walking as a God. And I don't expect God will spare believers in general and the principle from all of these things. I don't think we can expect that. I don't think we can expect wealth. I don't think we can expect, you know, the pleasures of this world. I mean, he might choose to bless us that way. That's fine. But I don't think we can expect that from him. So, no. yeah, I, I've, I've had a long, I've had to think about this long and hard. You know, what is it that I'm truly expecting from God? Yes, I need him for salvation <laughs> to avoid hell. I, oh, oh, one last thing. Sorry. Yeah. I expect God will do what is best for us. Okay. That's what I expect. Okay, that's a good point. Bring and up. we don't necessarily know what that is, so that could lead to disappointment. Yeah, I have that on what's the definition of good. We'll bring that up um, later on. But as I was saying, you know, I expect from God, you know, through Jesus that, you know, I'll, you know, my sins are forgiven. I expect God to take care of my sins because, you know, like he said through Jesus. Um, but what is it that I need him for for my everyday walk on earth? You know, I will say before thinking about this, discussion i would have expected god to you know give me money because the bible says i'm blessed and you know i'm best blessed in the field blessed in the city all these things that god you know says i'm blessed and you know protect me from any hurt harm or danger um to provide for me because he said he'll provide you know he says he shall supply all my needs according to his you know riches in, in christ yeah in riches in christ you know kind of give me the basic needs you know for life and then you know which I will say we can depend on God for those things. We can depend on God to provide for us and all those kind of things. Yes, but the provision of God. I, yes, I expect that God will provide for me again. I don't necessarily know what that means. But so. the thing is with that, if you're letting God be the one to provide it from you, let him make those choices. If you're going to say God's going to supply all your needs, don't, you know, let him be the one who decides what is it that what you are need? Your needs, what are the it, needs yeah. that you need? And then I was going to say, then it hit me. My expectations of God should not be anything more than what he promised. Um, the Bible has already stated what God would do and what we, his followers, can expect from him. You know, God, you know, think of the Bible kind of like a contract. God says through the Jesus contract that, you know, I will give my son, he'll pay for your sins, and these are the things that you can expect from us, like a contract that we would have with like a renovator, like I will do this and you will do this, like a contract. God has already laid out in his word what he would do from us, and um, I don't think we should expect anything more that's outside of his word. For example, the Bible does not say that God will not allow bad things to happen to us, but God does say that we can expect him to be with us always. Even in the midst of In the midst of those things. God, you know, that's interesting that God doesn't just say, oh, I'll protect you from all bad things. But God does say, I'll be with you through the storm, through the fire, through the waters. I'll be with you in the sandstorm. Whatever's going on, I'm going to be with you right there. And us as humans, even his church, expect God to do certain things, even though he never promised that he would or that he would do it our way. And I think that's where disappointment comes in, that we have unrealistic expectations of God to do yes. certain things. Oh, yeah, that's certainly where the disappointment comes from, because our view of God, uh, what should be doing. You talked about earlier, God is going to provide for your needs. I don't necessarily think we as humans know what all our needs yeah. are. I don't necessarily we think we know what is good for us, uh, but God knows all of these things. So when we have our flawed view of the situation, and it doesn't match God's. As you said, this is where the disappointment can happen. Like, um, I'm just going to use this example. <laughs> so I am single. Okay. I would like not to be single anymore. Okay. I'd like to, to get married. 
There is a part of me that wonders, however, and it might be irrational, but it's still there. It wonders, is that actually the best for me, the best for her? Because if it is, that's great, and it will happen eventually. But if it is not, then it won't happen because God knows that I don't actually need that. Mm -hmm. And That's where you had to surrender the faith to say, I'm going to trust God to give me what's best for me, that he will supply the need for me. Yes, and it can be a little tough sometimes to have to accept that. And I think that's where the the disappointment comes in because we we have what we want and what we think we deserve. But God, as the creator, he knows what you truly need and what you truly um, need for your life to be better for you. You know, God sees things from a bird's eye view. We see things from our peripherals, you know, outside, you know, what we think. And then I know for me, sometimes my wants or my needs, quote unquote, come from me looking and comparing to other people. Uh-huh, and so then I want God reasons. to work it around where I have those things too, where I need to just focus on God to say, you know what, God, you're going to give me the best things for my life and for the purpose you have for me. So this is how you avoid those disappointing moments by not putting God or expecting things from God, what he never promised you in the first place. He promised you that he would supply all your needs, but he didn't define what those needs were. Exactly. Uh, And by the way, you mentioned earlier, God is creator. It's more intimate than that. He's our father, Mm -hmm. right? So he, he's our father. So he, he, it's more familiar than just Oh, this creator who made us, you know, he's kind of out there and doing things. No, no, no. He's the father. He is in relationship with us. Okay. So he really knows, you know, when you're you're a dad, I assume you know the needs of your children, yeah. right? So God knows the needs of us because we are his children through Jesus. So. Exactly. And, you know, I just want to, you know, to make this a little bit more personable, you know, like the definition says, you know, when you feel as though your expectations have fallen through or you feel like the one you had your hope in has failed. And I remember a time where I really had to battle not being mad at God or feeling disappointed. And I'll share this to kind of put a personal touch in it. Um, I mentioned before I was in a job for a really, really long time of which I didn't really care for. I was really having faith that God was going to get me out of that job and put me somewhere better. I remember. And it took, (laughs) it took some years. It took some years, some years to get there. And I was really believing. And, you know, I come from a church background. I wouldn't deem it the prosperity gospel because my um, pastor, my dad preaches a very balanced gospel in my opinion, but they do teach, you know, when you, you know, to have expectations and to have faith for good things to come to you. I don't believe in the thing of we should just expect the worst thing to happen in life. No, I believe that as children of God, we should expect for good things to happen in our lives. Is it expect or is it hope for? I think a little bit of both. It's a little bit of both. I think a little bit of both. I mean, it might be a little privileged, but I think as a believer in Christ, I should have expectations to have a good life or to have good things in my life. I don't know. Maybe that's where another debate would come in. That might in. be a little bit of a debate. That yes. might be where... But let me finish my story, please. Sure. But... I come from that where I have hope that, you know, I can expect or have hope for good things to come. So I remember this one job came up where I, it was like a really good paying a job. And um, I had an aunt who was on the inside and I was like, oh, God is really going to work this. I have an aunt on the inside. Oh, I, like, remember, I remember this. And yes. so I was really believing for this. I mean, I went through the effort of like going through the application. I had to write like short summaries for answer questions like i was in it all and i was like praying and believing confessing it you know oh god's gonna give me this god's gonna open up the door like all this kind of stuff and i actually had a phone interview like i was like yes 
the I faith work. This. I was like, yeah. the faith work is working. You were very excited at the time. I was, and they said I was one of the top candidates that they found for the job, and I was just like, oh yes, God's favor is really gonna show through. Like I'm, like I was believing, it and I was just like, man, you know, I've been paying my tithes on a dollar since when I was getting allowance of just a dollar. <laughs> I, you know, like God is really gonna come through, and those windows of heavenly blessings are just gonna flood through. And I was really believing, so I had the phone interview and everything. And so he said, oh, we'll get back to you within a week or two. So for like a week or two, I'm fasting, I'm believing, I'm praying, I'm confessing, <laughs> all these things. And then it came, and I got that email that said, you have been rejected. Oh, oh you were very disappointed. I was so, I was so upset. Yeah. I, I mean, I remember I had tears. I was because I, I, I felt <laughs> you called me yeah. and was like, "This just happened." Yeah. Alex, what? What? what no. Oh uh, yes, I was very upset. I mean, I was very angry, and I really felt that God had let me down. I really felt that God had let me down. I, you know, I mean, I was, you know, praying. I was using scriptures, and I was using all these things, you know, to you know stand and believe that this was going to be the right thing for me and stuff and it just didn't work out the way i had hoped for and the way i had you know just just prayed for and moving forward past that like how did i pick up the pieces to move past that because i remember telling my parents i was just like i i i don't know how i moved past this because i'm just a very um real person like i mentioned before you can't have faith in a god that you feel disappointed in did you think he failed you i I felt like he failed me. I, I, I really felt like he failed me because I was like, why didn't you do this? Because I knew God had the ability to do it. Like I knew God could have gotten me that job, but he sure. didn't. Yeah. Sure. And I felt like God failed me. And then how did I move past that? Like, how did I pick up the pieces past that? First, <laughs> I had to calm down. And then I'm, I'm a very real person. When I pray to God, I just say how I feel because one, God already knows how I feel and God already knows my thinking. Indeed. So I might as well just put it, flat out there and I said God I'm mad like I'm mad at you I don't understand like what is going on and like how do I move past this like how are you and I going to keep this relationship and keep it going and lest anyone out here think this is not this is disrespectful this is not right you should check out some of what David writes in the Psalms mm -hmm. when he's talking about God yeah it's very similar it's very raw yeah very raw. and I think it's important to just put your feelings out there and I think that's why I have received a lot of answers for different situations because I just tell God how I feel like when I'm tempted different stuff i say god i want to do x y and z how are we gonna move past this like i just put it out there of like my emotions and how i feel and i said oh god i said i feel like you failed me i feel as though you let me down i'm angry at you like how are we going to move forward with this and the only real answer or anything you can say that i received during that time period of praying for it is that god just said you have to just trust in me i made the best decision for you like I got no mystic angel coming down for a personal prophecy or anything like that. The only thing in my heart that I felt God said, you're going to have to trust me that I'm good. And you're going to have to trust me that it was the best move for you and move forward. This is where we talked about earlier that your needs, you might not know what those are. Exactly. You might think you do, mm -hmm. but you don't. And God does. And in this situation, this job may not have been the best fit for you. Uh, and we, can, we, we we don't know why, yeah. and we will maybe never know why, but he had a different different uh, job in mind for you. Exactly. And, you know, honestly, you know, that hurt me a little bit, but as I got more in the Word and grew a little bit more, and I look back in that situation, like now, years later, 
who knows? I could have had a worse boss there that I definitely <laughs> didn't get along with. And when I think about it, the commute would have been awful. The commute would have been awful. It would have been very stressful. I would have not been able to do any of my other like hobbies that I do outside of work. You know, I was honestly, I was just looking at the financial blessing. You know, you might have lost your job because of COVID. Exactly. God was looking down the line. And, you know, I was looking only at one piece of that puzzle of the financial blessing. I mean, that job was paying close to triple of what I was making at that time. And so to me, all I was looking was at the money and looking at, oh, the blessing financially. But thank God that God was looking at the overall life that was there because I don't know who that boss was. I don't know who the coworkers was. I don't know how that stress would have impacted me, but thank God that he was looking for it. And there was other We don't even know if you would have had your job anymore. Exactly. And actually the job that I have now is so and I've mentioned in other podcasters and podcast episodes that the job I have now, I got it quickly before COVID hit where a lot of people either lost their jobs or had to work at home. So God protected me where in the sense I got a job where I was allowed to work at home remotely. One, I still have a job. And then two, I'm safe where I'm at when I'm at the house. And you're not getting exposed to the Exactly. Yes. So in the end, God was looking for looking out for me and God gave me exactly what I needed. May not have been what I wanted, but what I needed. Amen. And I think yeah. that's the difference. We want certain things, but God says, no, but this is what you need. Yeah, he, know, he knows our needs better than we do. Exactly. And yeah. I know we use the discussion of of um, John the Baptist, but this made me think of jo Jacob and Joseph in the Bible in the book of Genesis. And I'm thinking, you know, J Jacob had the blessing of God on him. And, you know, the promises of Abraham flowed to him. And then to Jacob, he thinks Joseph got killed by, you know, animals or whatever, that Joseph is dead. And God never told him like, oh, he's really alive. You know, he's down there in Egypt. That's as far true. as we, yeah, as far as we know, God yeah. never said anything to say like, no, he's really alive. He's just a slave in Egypt. God let him no, think. No, he, he didn't. He never did. And we know this because when they go to Egypt and Benjamin is talking to Joseph and Benjamin says, oh, the wild animals ate my brother. Mm -hmm. And yeah, no, it's clear. God never told them what happened. Exactly. So they just believe the story like Joseph's basically dead. And yeah. God never like came in, but... It's not what Jacob needed, but it was God was working behind the scenes on what Jacob and his family would need later on. And then God worked it all out where it was a blessing in the end. I think we just need to hang on to the end. So I don't know if Jacob felt that disappointing feeling of like this God let me down that my kid, you know, got killed or anything like that. But God was actually working behind the scenes for his blessing to save Jacob and all his people from famine. Yeah. Now, for you, I know you kind of mentioned it before, but did you feel at that time that God let, you know, failed you letting your grandmother pass away at that time? No, my, again, this is before I became a believer, and, and it wasn't that she died that I was upset about. It was that she had to suffer for so long okay. that I was upset about. Uh, now, of course, I know that... Well, I still don't understand this, to be quite honest with you. Mm -hmm. I still don't understand why it was that she had to suffer for so long. I mean, I know that disease is a result of the devil. I get that now. But I just wish it hadn't had to be so drawn out and long. And you know what? Sometimes, as believers, we do not get closure of why certain situations happen the way they did. In the last episode, I talked about how when God tore down my pride, there was, uh, I don't think I specified exactly how that happened, but one of the reasons was I got, yes, I did. I did say I got rejected romantically. Mm -hmm. uh, 
I never found out why. I never found out why she rejected me, why she cut me out of her life all of a sudden after we had been so close all those years. Um, I had learned how to just let that go. And you don't always get closure for, for why mm-hmm. these things happen, why God lets these things happen. And we just have to accept that and move on. And it's hard. It is really hard, and it is very frustrating if you're like me and you want to understand every little thing that yeah. goes on. It's the science mentality for me. But you don't. You don't always have the answers, and we have to accept this. And I think that's what John the Baptist went through in the prison when he sent his two disciples, asking him, basically, are you the one that, you know, who is to come? Really the one? Yeah. I, yeah. I think— but I think Jesus was seeing behind, you know, reading between the lines that, you know, John was feeling discouraged and John was feeling, you know, disappointed in the sense that this is how it ends. And it might, you know, John didn't, I, I mean, in my opinion, I don't think really John got a full clear reason as to why he's in prison, but Jesus just let him know basically, you know, I am Messiah. I he am the Messiah. performed all those miracles and miraculous signs. But yeah, I don't think he told, I, I don't think John received what I would term a satisfactory answer either. Yeah, you know, I'm just now coming to my memory. There's actually a scripture that Jesus says in a resp- in the response to John. I think it's like uh, Luke 7, 21 or 23. 23. Could you read it for me real quick? Yeah. Blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. And I think that that's a very overlooked scripture because what Jesus is in my Avon theology, what Avon, what Jesus is saying right there is, blessed are those who don't stumble because of me, in the sense of, blessed are those who don't get offended or trip up or lose faith because I don't meet your expectations on what you think I should do, or if you think I let you down, or you think I'm the problem. Because I think in this situation with John, he was upset at God in the sense of like, why are you letting me rot in prison or you've disappointed me? So I think that's a very important scripture that Jesus said, blessed are those who don't get tripped up over me and think things in a warped fashion. I don't know what you have to say on that. Uh, that's that's interesting. I've actually not really thought about this very often to be to be telling you the truth. See, I think it's an overlooked scripture. Yeah, I I mean I certainly overlooked this. Yeah. Um, blessed is anyone who does not stumble on account of me. It doesn't even read like that though. To be honest, like when when I just read that, it's like oh. Uh, you got to put it in context of what's going on. Yeah, you got to put it in context. It just sails over your head otherwise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm learning something today. <laughs> this is great. Well, this leads into how do you overcome disappointment? And there's honestly one really in my in my short lifetime so far, um, there's only one way to overcome when you feel as though um, you're disappointed or like you feel as though those emotions that God has let you down. You're going to have to just overcome that by having faith in God. Oh, that's really hard. So I hope you're going to tell our audience exactly how to get there. <laughs> how do you get there? When I have felt that things did not go my way, uh, the way I wanted and the way I felt like God has disappointed me or let me down, I have to step back and just remember that God is good. And you've already said this a little bit. You know, God is good. And have more faith in his character, not in his ability. Like oh. this situation with the job I had. I knew God could get me that job. That is a truth. That is a fact that God could have get, got my job. But I was having more faith in his ability and not in who he is. That God is good. That God is love. God is compassion, compassionate. So he is going to, he's going to use out of his character to make the best decision for me. We focus on the fact that God can do anything. Um, and when he doesn't, we want to get upset about so it. So this, yeah, so this is the trap of, 
like people thinking God is a vending machine. Mm-hmm. He's not a vending machine. Yeah. He's not. He, Punch a specific code and you're going to get a certain um, chip or uh, cookie or anything. Or, or money or a house, whatever. It yeah. doesn't, doesn't work like that. Yeah, that's a good way. God is not a vending machine. Um, instead, you know, he is our father and we have to walk with him. And again, we just keep harping on he knows better than us. We are humans. We don't see the whole big picture. Mm-hmm. And, and as you said, we do have to have faith in his character and not necessarily just his ability by itself. Yeah. Um, because if it's just the his abilities we focus on, then we could even question his character, which that is definitely not something we should mm-hmm. be doing. I so. think, yeah, that's a good point. We need to focus on his character that leads to his abilities because from who he is, he acts a certain way. Next part I want to say to keep that faith in God when you're having those disappointing moments is God's definition of good is not our definition of good. Um, and they aren't always in agreement. Um, but this is where faith comes into play where I trust God and I trust in who he is. And I use the example that our definitions of good don't match. I don't know if you remember um, when Jesus had the encounter with the rich young man and he said, good teacher, you know, how must I inherit or how do I get eternal life? And Jesus response is, who is good? Only God alone is good. So only God alone knows what is truly good and what we like we've been harping that what we truly need. And the reason why also that we need to talk about this disappointing moment. We're, we're living in a time where things are just not going to go our way. We're living in a time where everything is just not going to go our way, where things are not normal. Things are not, um, things are all toxy-turvy. No, that's, that's true. Uh, yes, as a lot of believers out there, I can emphasize with this, things are not going the way we want them to. Yeah. I mean, you know, the things that are going on, especially in the United States, it's just uh, some of them are really just unfortunate. Like, I just told you today there's a state that is going to try and have its students chant prayers to these pagan gods that you committed human sacrifices to. This is the government who is trying to dictate this at a certain state. And it's just insanity, in my opinion. And as a believer, obviously, this is sinful. And they canceled out the Christian prayer in school and years ago. And they canceled ago. out Christian prayers in schools years ago. So, you know, yes, it's not going our way. Yeah, so the Christian needs to get in the mindset of, of, of not losing faith in God when things don't go out or things don't turn out the way they want it to. They need to get in the mindset of, okay, it didn't turn out the way I would have thought it would, but I'm still going to keep my faith in God and trust in God that he's going to bring this around. And I have two scriptures that I just want to read from the Amplified Version. The first one's from Romans 8.28, and it says, And we know with great confidence that God, who is deeply concerned about us, causes all things to work together as a plan for good for those who love God to those who are called according to his purpose, according to his plan and purpose. And I just want to work on that fact that all things work together. So the good, the bad, the ugly, the disappointing moment, all those things, God is working out for a greater plan that we we can't even comprehend God's whole great plan of everything. Just have faith in his character that in the end is all going to be good. I mean, even when Jesus died on the cross, I mean, he died an awful death and it he looked did. totally evil and malicious and all that stuff. But what good came out of it that mankind is now able to receive salvation and have eternal life that came out of Jesus's death and his horrific um, crucifixion. So that's something when you when you feel those things are, you know, something turned out disappointing and you don't understand why, turn to this scripture, Romans 28, that says all things. So just have keep confidence in God. And the last scripture I want to read it comes from Isaiah 49, um, 23, and it says, And you shall know with an understanding based on personal experience that I am the Lord, for they shall not be put to shame who wait and hope expectantly for me. And another um, 
version I had saw that said, therefore they will not be disappointed in me who have hope in me. So we can trust God. We can trust God. The thing is we have to wait to see the good in his glory to come through it. Don't give up just because it looks bad. Don't give up just because it looks as though it failed and it went through the way you think it did. Just hang on in there. Um, I'm of the mindset now, um, now in my old age of 28, I'm in the mindset now <laughs> that I'm going to keep hoping for God to come through until my last breath, until God has, until my last breath, to bring out whatever things that I'm hoping and believing him for. I'm giving God the time to bring it all out. And I'm not putting God on a timetable or anything like that. God's going to bring it out one way or another. He has my whole lifetime to bring it together. I'm praying it's a long life up till I'm 92 in my 90s. But God has my whole lifetime to bring out my prom bring out the promises and bring out the good things in my lifetime. Will you, you have anything else to close on? I think that that last verse, for they shall not be put to shame who wait and hope expectantly for me, goes back to one of the earlier things we said. This is the promise of eternal life. Mm -hmm. This is the promise where maybe things aren't, where, where maybe we're not going to see what we want to see on this world, mm -hmm. but we are going to have that eternal life and salvation through him. And that is something that we can always, always count on, and it will never, ever, ever let us down. Exactly. So I hope, I hope we encourage our brothers and sisters who might be going through feeling disappointed in God. And remember, it's hard to have faith in a God you feel let you down. It's hard to have faith, and you need to address those emotions. And I hope our experiences and what we talked about today will help you rekindle that fire to totally trust in God and to believe in him. God has our best interests in heart in mind. So remember, he knows what's good for you and he knows what's best for you. I hope our listening audience enjoyed listening to the Paradigm Switch. We are on Facebook, we're on Instagram, like, follow, and share. Remember, we're the number one Christian podcast and heaven's favorite podcasters. So next time, I believe is going to be our Easter episode, if I'm correct. Yes, it is. So stay tuned for that. 